Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been doing a series called The Greater Whole. And part of the reason why we've been doing this series is I wanted you to understand how important each of you are to the church. Because, I'll I'll be honest with you, I've been a believer now over 30 years. The way we do church, the way that church is done in North America... We've almost lost the reality that we are a body of believers and that every one of us is important to the church. It's not just the preacher. It's not just the leaders in a church. It's not just the structure, the building. It's the people. It's you. And in losing that, we develop wrong thinking and we begin to view ourselves as simply just an attender. We think of church as simply the service on Sunday morning or where I have my membership. And we lose sight of the reality of what church is really supposed to be. Church is not just one hour on Sunday morning. Church is actually what it should be for the rest of the week because that's where you are and that's where you're doing something. And so the whole purpose of this series was to help you understand that you are important to the church. You are important. You don't even have to write that one down this week. It's right there in the title if you're writing down on the back of the bulletin. You are important. But the problem is, is we still got to get through some wrong thinking. What do you mean wrong thinking, George? Well, the fact of the matter is, is when you look at how involved people are in church or how serious they take their involvement in church or being a part of the church, they are affected by wrong thinking. And a lot of times it it handicaps us as a church from being all that God wants us to be because people operate with wrong thinking. And I've got two things I want to point out to you today, especially in light of what we're going to talk about. The first one is this. Involvement in church is based on whether I fit or not. This is the way that a church can be hindered is because people embrace this wrong concept. And so they think that I I can only be involved in the church whether or not I fit in or not. And and then you actually, to be honest with you, not a lot of times maybe the church can convey a thought of what who can be and who can't be a part. But a lot of times it's because of what you think as far as why you can't be involved or not. Maybe you look at it and you say to yourself, look, I can't be involved because of this mistake in my past or because I did this wrong or I shouldn't have done this or I was in the wrong place or I, this happened or whatever. And so you think in terms of why you can't be involved and why you don't fit. Let me tell you what happens. If you become convinced that you don't fit, and that nothing is there for you in a church except simply to come and fill a pew, maybe give. Here's what happens. I've seen it. I've been pastoring over 20 years. Eventually, 
you quit coming. Eventually, you get discouraged. Like, why do I, why do, why even get up in the morning? Why bother putting on my clothes? Why can't I just lay around in my pajamas for an extra few hours? Why come? Because there's nowhere for me. Because of whatever the criteria is, maybe something implied by the church, maybe something you develop, but eventually, I've seen it every time, you'll quit coming. You'll quit coming. And to add to the wound of not coming is the reality that somebody may not call you and say to you, we miss you. And that happens too, doesn't it? See, the wrong thinking is, is that involvement in church is based upon whether or not I fit. Whether I fit or not. Here's the second one. Like the culture, we equate importance with position. Just like our culture, we equate importance in the church with position. And it shouldn't be that way. That's wrong thinking. The culture likes to say that there's a pecking order. Have you noticed that? Whether you live in town or not, whether you're in high school or not, whether you are in, in your company or not, we, we place importance based upon a lot, a set criterion. Money, power, position. And that's a reality. And, and in a church, we think in terms of that. Well, you know, he would make a good leader. Why? Well, he's a businessman. Well, how do you know simply because he's a businessman that he'll be a good leader? Well, isn't that how we choose leaders? Well, not according to the Bible. See, we've got this wrong thinking. And here's what happens. Here's the outcome of the wrong thinking. And it's damaging to the church today. Most of us don't do anything. Most of us don't feel a part. Most of us come to a conclusion that says they can exist without me. That's where we're at. But I'm here to tell you today that the reason why we're doing this series is because I want to blow up that wrong thinking. I want to radically change the way that you think about church and about your part in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to start to tear down the walls of a culture that has so crippled the church in North America from thinking it's just an organization, from thinking it's just some dude up there who speaks well, I want it to be you understanding that the church is you because here's the reason why. You're important. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've committed your life to follow him, no matter what are the baggages of life that you carry, you're important to the church. And we can't function right without you. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can't function right without you. So I want you to notice, we're going to look today, he's going to expand it further. We looked at this passage last week. We looked at the first part of chapter 12 last week. We're going to continue on today, and we're going to see some things about you being important to the church. Look with me, verse 12 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Look what the Apostle Paul writes. For as the body is one and has many members, 
but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many members. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set members each one of them in the body, just as he pleases. And if they are all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather... Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. All right, let's stop for a moment. Read that again. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Let's go on. And those members of the body which seem less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and on unpresentable parts, greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. And if any one member suffers, all members suffer with it. And if any one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. For you are the body of Christ, and members individually. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the nature of the church. You and I need to understand what church is, so he's going to tell us that. We're going to see the nature of the church, verses 12 to 14, and then we're going to see that you're an important part. Let's talk about the nature of the church. Number one, it is the Holy Spirit who places you in the church. It is the Holy Spirit who places you in the church. Okay, I want you to listen to me. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. I want you to think about this question. Why are you here? Why are you here this morning? Well, my mama told me to be here. All right, I understand that. Well, my grandma told me to come. I understand that. Why are you here? Besides somebody bringing you, or you making the decision to get in your vehicle and drive over to 700 State Street and pull in the parking lot, why are you here? Now, there's a human element to it, and you understand the human element because that's the first thing that enters into your mind. I'm going to tell you there's a divine element. We see it from this passage. If this is your church, if you call this your church and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're here, listen to me, because God puts you here. See, you need to recognize that. If you're going to understand why you are important to the church, you got to understand this one fact and own it and live there. God put you here. God put you here. And I would say God put you here 
for a purpose. Now, what's that purpose? I don't know yet. I'm not worried about that. I want you to understand that God put you here. It's the Holy Spirit who put you in this church. One of the wonderful things that I get to hear as pastor, I've been here 15 years now, is when I hear people tell me things like, for some reason we felt like we needed to go to your church. I remember a young couple that used to come here. They, they, they drove by all the time by the church and they wondered, what about that church? What about that church? Till one day they pulled into the parking lot and were looking through the windows and somebody coming out of the chiropractor said, what are you doing over there? And they showed up the next Sunday. Why? Because God brought them here. You came in here for some reason. Well, it was because of the invitation. No, no, but God brought you here. You need to understand that. You're important to the church. You were put here by God. Do you understand? For a purpose. For a purpose. Here's the next thing I want you to see there. Listen to me. Holy Spirit places you in the church. Here's the next one. Belonging to the church is not based on distinctions. Belonging to the church is not based on distinctions. Look at what he says here. I think it's interesting. So much in Paul's letters, it makes this point here. Look at what he says. Look with me at verse 13. For by one spirit we are baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, all have been made to drink into one spirit. What's he talking about here? It's not based upon your ethnicity, and it's not based upon your income level. Your importance to the body of Christ, you being a part of the body of Christ, has nothing to do with where you came from, and it has nothing to do with where you're going. Did you hear me? It has nothing to do with where you came from, and it has nothing to do with where you're going. You might be going down the road to profiting and having a big bank account and doing well. Wonderful glad you're here. But you also may be here and God doesn't bless you that way. And you end up struggling the rest of your life. Wonderful. God brought you here for a purpose. You need to understand it. You might have more degrees than anybody can shake a stick at. Or you might be here and you don't care about any of that. You're important. The church isn't made on distinctions. In fact, Paul says this earlier in the letter. Same letter. When he looks at the church, he says, folks, Corinthians, you need to realize not too many of you are smart. Not too many of it have it together. Not too many of you are strong. Not too many of you stand out in the culture. That's because that's what the church is. We're just average people that Jesus has saved and he's brought together for a purpose. Do you understand? The nature of the church. Man, we need to get over this attitude that says church is where people got it together. Of all the places in the world where we ain't got it together, it's the church, right? And you should be comfortable with that because it's where you can find the healing for your souls. It's where you can find the victory for your sin. That's what church is. The day we become a place where people feel like they have to change to, in order to come in here, we might as well close the doors. Let's go on. Let's look, look here. One more thing about the nature of the church. He says this, verse 14. For in fact, the body, speaking of the church, is not one member, but many. 
Here's the last thing I want you to see about the nature of the church. The church is made up of different members. The church is made up of different members. Let me tell you something. If you go around town and the only identification for our church is, oh, that's where Pastor George is, we got a problem. Because the church isn't me. Did you hear what I said? If you go around town and you tell people, I'm a part of Kerbinsville Christian Church, and they say, oh, that's where Pastor George is. He's, a, he's big, but he's a nice guy. We got a problem. Or, or that's where that one family goes, or that's where this is. We got a problem, because that's not the church. The church needs to be the place where, that's where they accept people where they're at, and they got a whole bunch of people there that are different. That's what the church should be. Do you understand what I'm saying? The church is you, and you, and you, and you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all of us, with our differences, coming together because we worship one God, one Spirit, one Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what the church is. is isn't because of me. It's his church, and you're his church. That's the nature of the church. You might be here and you're saying, okay, wow, George, that's really good. Wow, that's powerful. But you don't understand because this is where I'm at and you lay it all out there. How can I be a part of that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the apostle anticipates that in his passage here. He very much considers the fact that some of you would think that you are worthless and not at all necessary for the functioning of this body. Well, I could, if I wasn't here, they would be okay. Are you so sure about that? Are you so sure about that? Because I want you to look at what he says. Look with me. Several things come out here about you being an important part. Listen to this. Look at verse 15 and 16. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, behold, I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Here's what I want you to see. Inclusion in the church is not based on your role. Do you hear me? Being a part of the church is not based upon what you got to offer. What role you fulfill. Do you understand? So oftentimes we equated that. You know, when you come into church, well, where can we fit you in? What can you take this spiritual gifts exam and, and figure out where you belong and, and then do that while you're here? No, no, listen, that's, that's just so bogus. Because your inclusion in the body of Christ has nothing to do with what you have to offer. Do you understand me? Because that goes against grace. What do you mean by that? That goes against the concept of grace, that your salvation has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus, right? It's what Jesus did for you, not what you have to do. And nowhere, anywhere does it say that your involvement in the church and you being an important part of the church and you contributing to the church has anything to do with you. 
It's not based upon your role. Because immediately, as soon as we make those kind of distinctions here, some of you say, okay, I'm done because I'm not qualified or I don't have that ability or I've messed up in this direction so there's no way I can be a part of it. It has nothing to do with that. Nobody can say, like my hand can't say to my mouth, we don't need you anymore, buddy, get lost. Well, then how, how's my body going to eat? And after a while, the hand's going to realize, well, we really do need that big set of lips for something, don't we? I mean, he's using basic human illustration here for you to understand, right? We can't function without each other, can we? Let's go on. Next thing I want you to see there, listen, to, look at what he says here. Your role is defined by gifts that you were given by God. Whoa. Look at verse 17 through 14. The whole body, we're in an eye, where would be the hearing? If, it, if, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But God set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Your role is not defined by you and what you have to offer. Your role, your place in the church is defined by God who gifted you to be here. Now, you may not know what that gift is right now. That's okay. But you just need to know that he gifted you to be a part of this body. And he gifted you to be a part of this church. And he gifted you to do something for the functioning of the whole body, for it to be all that God wants it to be. You're here because God puts you here, and he puts you here for a reason. Do you understand what I'm saying? Write that down. You're here because God puts you here, and he puts you here for a reason. Own it. Maybe some of you need to change your, lot, your way you pray. What do you mean? Maybe some of you need to quit praying the mamsy-pamsy prayers that you've been praying. Oh, God. No, it starts saying, okay, God, you put me here. What do you want me to do? You put me here, what do you want me to do? And he'll show you. And he'll tell you. Here's the third thing. As we look at you being an important part, look with me, verse 25 to 27. It says it all. That there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another, and if one member suffers, all members suffer in it. And if one member is honored, all rejoice in it. For you are the body of Christ mem and members individually. Here's what I want you to see. The church is not complete without you. We're not complete without you. Do you hear me? If this is where God has put you, when you are not involved, when you are not here, when you are not interacting with others who are part of the body of Christ that you belong to, we hurt. Because we're not complete without you. And I want you to listen to me. This actually expands into a greater vision of what God has for the church. 
Every single one of us here doesn't have perfect lives. Did you hear what I said? Every single one of us here does not have perfect lives. And because we don't have perfect lives, stuff happens. And sometimes we're in the midst of struggles. We're in the midst of pain. And we oftentimes, the enemy will come to us and say, you're the only one going through this. You're the only one hurting. You're the only one that has to deal with this doctor's report. You're the only one that has to deal with this grief that comes because of a loss in your family. You're the only one that has to deal with this garbage at work. You're the only one. You're the only one. You're the only one. That's what the enemy whispers to you daily, does he not? God's idea for the church is that when one part hurts, we all hurt. We all mourn. We all grieve. We all rejoice when there's something to rejoice about. That's what his idea is. Don't you want to be a part of something like that? Don't you think that's what our culture needs is something like that? We don't need another moose lodge. We don't need another gathering of the elks. We need a place where people can sense the heart of God. He put you here for a purpose. Own it. You are important to the church. So let me wrap it up this way. Two questions I asked you the last few weeks. I'm going to ask you again. What's holding you back from being involved? What's holding you back? What's holding you back from God working through you to edify and benefit the others who are here? With your gift, and you have a gift. What's holding you back? Here's the second question. Have you embraced the lie that you have nothing to offer the church? Seriously, after four messages, are you still embracing that lie? Are you still thinking you have nothing to offer? Next week, we're going to talk about the motivation for why we should be doing what we're doing at church. There's a motivation. It comes right out of this passage about why we should be doing what we're doing. But before we can get to the motivation, you've got to kill the lie that you have nothing to offer. You have something to offer. Otherwise, he wouldn't have brought you here. So what do we do? Here's what, I, here's what the action point is this week. Recognize that you are important and the church cannot function without you. Some of you need to write that down and you need to think about that this week. You need to recognize that you are important and you need to recognize that the church can't function without you. That maybe needs to be your prayer this week for you to eradicate the wrong thinking that you have so that we can be what we need to be as a church. Do you understand what I'm saying? What's holding you back? Well, you know, some preacher told me long ago that, you know what? Baloney. Not all preachers got it together. What's the word of God telling you? Do you understand? 
That's what his word says. That's the basis of our life, is it not? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.